the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to Hot Kids Show. I hope you're having a great day at school today because I am here to make the fun continue. This is Hot Kids, a show for kids by kids. My name is Gabriel Feinberg and I'm your host for today. Thank you for turning to 101.9 High FM. I have a jam-packed show lined up for you today and to start off, I will be speaking to Tammy Renard and Brian Mohaki. She is a curator of Witt's Origin Museum and Brian Mohaki is um, a tour guide at Witt's Origin University. Get ready for a very interesting show on High Kids, for Kids, Bar Kids. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. I have Tammy Renard and Brian Mohaki. She is a curator and Brian is a tour guide, tour, tour guide of Witt Origin Museum. Did I say that right? No problem. Um, good afternoon. It says in the dictionary, a curator is a keeper or custodian of a museum or the collection. Yes, yes, I'm a curator and we, we look after the collections. Uh, sometimes curators look after art and, and big, big painted artworks. Other times they look after archaeological things. So my job is to look after objects that have been found in the ground that some of them are a million years old. Really? Millions? Years old? Yeah, some of them are millions years old, millions of years old. There's so you're like a security guard things. and you're like, don't touch this. In a way, yeah. And we know that, okay, if, if thousands of people are going to touch it, it's going to damage it. So some things can be touched, but lots yeah, of things Yeah, certain can't, things just... it's just, yeah, you want to. Okay. And Brian, what do you do? Tell me more about... Yes. Uh, so I support the curator. Uh, every day I have to go in and make sure that things are as they are supposed to be in the museum. And if there's a need for us to maybe clean one section of the display, uh, the curator calls me and uh, we then work on that. And she tells me what to do and how to do it. And I learn from her. I learn a lot from her. But every day I have to make sure that things are as they should be in the museum. Yeah, we don't want anything out of place. Exactly. Whoa, that's it. It's a big job. I mean, like you have to be careful with everything you dust, everything you touch, because you don't want like something so old just breaks, falls or anything. Exactly. I mean, it's so old and so much money. You don't want that on your hands. So yeah. it's not just a job. It's a lot of pressure. It is. Wow. So where do you study to become a curator? So I studied at Wits University, where Origins is, and um, I studied archaeology. So I'm actually an archaeologist as well. Um, and then and you, you learn different skills on how to look after different objects, and um, and you learn about all the things that, that archaeologists So wait, you up. have to learn to take care of the things. It's not just like, clean this, be careful with that. It's actually proper precision and proper... I need to go to college for that. I just can't come there yeah. and... Yeah, it is. And you learn a lot on the job as well. Yeah, it's uh, a fine job. It's yeah. not like on the computer, tip, 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 tip. <laughs> yes. Which is lovely that you actually yeah. get to touch the objects and you learn about how they were made hundreds and thousands of years ago. And so it's, it's really important to understand what the different materials are. Yeah, and Brian, I can see that you're not just a tour guide. You do more than a normal tour guide would do. So could you explain more to me? Yes, uh, in case of working in the origins, it's also very interesting because tour guiding normally would take you uh, to places or different sites. And this, uh, the origin center is a site. And we explain what Tammy works on and how she works on it and what it means 
So uh, in my trade, I have to learn what she has learned and how she so has So basically, vert yes. and also vert and also studying from Tammy. Exactly. exactly. And now Tammy, it sounds like you're one of the people that are in the museum, a statue. Learn from her. <laughs> And and I learn a lot from Brian. I no, everybody learns from somebody yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. It's not like just because of this. No. Yeah. I mean it's cool because he gets to walk around and also bond with the children and under and goes through it and every time he goes through it he understands more about it and yeah. he yeah, you can even learn from kids, you can learn from any age. From everyone, yeah. So true. So I wanna know, does it take a special degree? So I, I have my doctorate, so I did um, study for a long time yeah, in archaeology, but you don't necessarily have to, as, as a curator, have a, a doctorate degree. So, But a lot of them will have, have a degree either in art history or in history or in archaeology or in various things in museumology as well. Is there, so is there something called museumology? There is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so there's a, there's a whole range of ways you can get into cu- being a curator. Wow. Yeah, I went through the archaeology route. And you? You and went yes. through the tour guide route. <laughs> yes. Uh, to be a tour guide is quite a, also a very, uh, you go through a special training. Yeah. Uh, first you are introduced to the country and what the country represents and mm. you are introduced to different sites and you are introduced to different people you are introduced to the history you are introduced to priceless artifacts you are introduced to um, different um, personalities you are introduced to the sciences of the land you are introduced to the role that you have to play and you are trained uh, specifically by people who have experience in the different fields and how to explain whatever you are explaining like in this case, uh, working at the site or at Origin Center, I have to learn from people who are experts in that field, in this case, which would be Tammy, and then I have to translate that in any ordinary language that uh, any ordinary person could understand. So what languages do you speak? All right, I speak Setswana, which is my home language, and I speak uh, Sotho, and I speak Zulu, and I speak uh, Venda, a little bit of Venda, a little bit of Tsonga, uh, and a little bit of Afrikaans. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, okay, um, that's a lot of process for me. Um, I, I speak one language. Yes. English. Yes. And no, you tell me how many do you speak? English and Afrikaans, and a little bit of Zulu. But, but Brian is constantly it, speaking to me in various languages and, and pushing me to actually make sure I learn other languages. Well done. So it's good. Yeah. If we see something, I would hope you do that languages. to me because every time I hear some Afrikaans kid, which I normally hear a lot, or a Zulu kid or something, I'm like, hello. <laughs> and they're like, what is it? Like they just speak to me in Afrikaans or something. I'm like, yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, so how long have you been a curator for? So at Origin Center, I've been there for two years. Two years. So, yeah, I studied for 13 or so. That 13. was a long time. And then had another, a few other jobs and things. Where? And then and then at Origin Center for two years. So Origin Center for two years. And you said, so I heard in what, the way you're explaining, you were at other places. 
Well, I, I worked at, at Strathfontaine Caves in the, in the Cradle of Humankind, also as a tour guide for a while. Um, and then I've worked at a, a place that uh, just at a museum, uh, not at a museum, but they did work for museums. And then I worked, there's an amazing archive, a digital archive for rock art in South Africa called the South African Rock Art Digital Archive. And it says it in the name. It says it in the name. <laughs> Explains and, everything. <laughs> and I worked there for, for a few years as well. And you, how long have you been doing tour guiding for, and how long did this explain to me? Yes, um, I've been doing tour guiding for over 20 years. 20? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I went to various sites. I first worked at, um, uh, what's that place uh, next to the Apartheid Museum, which is, uh, what do we call it? Where there are swings and Gold of City. Gold of oh, City. Oh, yeah. I, I've yes. seen that, that place. <laughs> but I went, when I once okay. went for my birthday to that place, yeah. my dad said he's going to take me one day. Yes. And it looked interesting, <laughs> just the way that the outside looked. It looked like they proper were... Hmm. Yeah, so that's where I started uh, my training. And, of course, we were trained with school kids. We were trained with... Uh, Different peoples from different places, oh. taking them to the to uh, underground. Underground. Underground for the, them the, to. Do you wear special hats? Do you wear special so, hats? So could you explain gear? that to me? Because I never yes. understood it. They they make it in such a way that it's the designed hat, not yeah. for it to collapse on you or something. But then, are they making it just to encourage safety, or are they making it in case something actually happens? All of the above. <laughs> Meaning, in other words, the, the height inside the tunnel is low. So you might hit your head or bump your head against oh, the rock. Oh, yeah. So, so if, yes. Just, just yes. for safety, not if something's going to fall on you. Yes. And if, even if there's something that might fall on you, you would be safe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, well, roughly that's where I started out. And then I was trained for Soweto. And then this special um, museum, which is the origin center, uh, I was called for to uh, and trained for this museum specifically. And then that's how I got to stay here. I've been here for roughly 10 years now. Wow. Yes. So now I need to ask you one, a couple more. What do you love about being a curator and what do you love about being a tour guide? Sure, I love the job a lot. It's really nice. What's special to, for you? To, to, to the amount of people that I meet, different people that I meet, I like sharing the amazing history and prehistory that South Africa has that a lot of people don't know about. And just being able to work with these, these objects that are beautiful and have so many stories to tell and to be able to, to bring them to, to people. Okay. And yes. you, tell me. Well, the first thing is it's a privilege actually working at the Origin Center and seeing millions of year-old artifacts, stone tools, and reading these stories about... It never gets old. ...about <laughs> a people I'm a part of. Mm. That's what's interesting, meaning South African in this case. You know, if you are South African, you should be proud to be part of the yeah. heritage of the country. And working at a site like that makes you an ambassador in your own way, if I may put it that way. So, of course, uh, following um, the curator's footsteps, we always meet a huge number of very intelligent and highly high-level people who have come to see our heritage. And you get the privilege of seeing those people, yeah. talking to them and explaining uh, the heritage and the importance of the heritage to them. So not to mention kids. Kids get fascinated by the stories, and you learn a lot from the questions the kids ask you at the, yeah. at the, at the site, yeah? Huh. So what would happen if you would drop an artifact or 
something would happen if it got chipped or something, what would happen to you? What would you have to pay for it? You you would have to report it that it's happened, and you you document you'd fill in a, a form that said this is what's happened, and they usually. There, there might not be a consequence that you have to pay something, um, but you might get reprimanded if you keep on doing it. You know, yeah, if I you're mean, just if clumsy and you keep dropping stuff, or you're not following the right procedure. It gets a little bit suspicious, trouble. just a little. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no. So, has, so I'm guessing it's very guarded, very guarded. Has there any been any break-ins? Actually, uh, well. Uh, a lot of the people don't want to steal rock art. Uh, I mean, having to uh, steal a, a rock as big as this table, uh, you know, it's yeah. quite a lot of work. But the artifacts, what about like the the small, the, to- the ones that co- they're millions years old and cost so much that they're apparently priceless? Wouldn't that cause an attraction to people that want that? Has there ever been a breakthrough? So far that I know of, not a break-in, but rather uh, people do get too curious about some of the stuff because some it's not all of the stuff that is actually enclosed or, or closed uh, completely. So we give people an, a, a chance to at least see and feel how it uh, yeah. how it looks like. And now we have cases where people don't actually want to take it, but they want to climb on it like a rock the size of this of this desk. And what happened? And of course, they then leave marks on it, which is oh, not good. And no, so that just takes down the exactly. everything. Oh. So that's part of the the challenges that we face. Uh, uh, of course, a lot of the stuff is enclosed behind glasses, so yeah. they can't steal those. Yeah, and I, we haven't had any experience of people trying to steal that. That that just means everything's good. So, which is which fossil? The oldest fossil you have. What is the fossil? And what's it called? So we have some casts of the fossils. So we have. Um, so let me just start from the beginning. So paleontology is the study of dinosaurs, and archaeology is the study of human history. And so we have a, a sister museum ne- right next to us that has some dinosaurs and has some 200 million year old dinosaur fossils. 200 million year old. And then and then we go move on from there with with the human fossils, hominid hominid fossils, um, and we have casts of some of the fossils that are two million years old, even three million years old. And you can come and actually we have the the, the casts that you can actually touch them. You can look at what their teeth look like and yeah. and how different their their skulls are from from our skulls now. So so that's really cool to see. And then so those are you don't get many fossils after. I mean, about a same million years years old. Then yeah. you don't get fossils. Then you still f- then you find bone, so it hasn't turned into a fossil. So how much do you get any more? Like, do you get more artifacts a year? How much would you say you get a year? Like more artifacts, new stuff. So we would it would be the archaeologists that are working in the department. They all work on different sites. So some will work in the Southern Cape, some will work in Limpopo. There'll, there'll be a, a huge range of sites that they work at, and some some sites are a few hundred years old. And so you'll find pieces of pottery and glass beads and even gold things. Maybe if you've heard of Mapungubwe, which is just right at the north of South Africa, um, and then then you'll have other things that they'll they'll find. Hundreds of thousands of stone tools just in while they they excavating or digging in the ground mm. for a few weeks, so it changes. So they bringing in a lot of of artifacts, but they have to study them first. They have specialists look at them. Yeah, you can't just say, "Yeah, you go that that there's," and now they just can't research it. It just takes <laughs> yes. away the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, question another one is, if um, 
do they look at like if let's just say somebody comes and it's you don't know if they're an archaeologist or what and they give you what looks like an artifact how would you know if it's not an artifact or if it is? Oh, and we, we get that quite a lot. So we'll have people bringing in often stone tools and some beautiful stone tools that you can see. It's, it's like it's a hand axe. It looks like a, almost a teardrop shape. And and most of them you can a- be able to tell from the kind of tool if it's it's a little bit weathered and you can tell roughly how old it is. Um, but if I don't know, then I'll go to the archaeology department and speak to someone that's a specialist and I'll say, oh, do you know what this is? It was found, you know, where I'll say something about where it was found, and then they can tell me more about whether it is something. So has anybody brought in something fake and tried to just get some money out of it? <laughs> no. We've had people bring in some stone tools or send photos of stone tools and say, oh, I think this is something amazing, and then I've had to say, no, those are just rocks. You know, there's nothing. But but it's that you don't get a lot of money from heritage items. You're not, you're not allowed to sell old items. You're not allowed to buy them in South Africa. We have a lot of laws that stop um, these these special objects from moving out of the country. So if I take, if I, let's just say, found a, a two million year old fossil, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm st- remaining here, but I show it to you. By law, are you allowed to just take it without paying anything or do you have to pay for it? Hmm, it, it's, it's a hard one to ask because, um, or to answer, because you have to, you would, I, I would say in, in the, the, you're wanting to research, you, you're wanting to know what exactly happened. So I think that people should go to an archaeologist or a paleontologist to find out what it is. You might, you might still get, you might be named, it might be named after you, you know, you could still get something from it, but you're not going to get money. That's actually quite interesting because I always thought, hey, if I find something, so old, I'm going to be a billionaire because I found like, uh, yeah. <laughs> if it was, then hooray. But often when I was small, I thought I found something so old, and then I went to my parents, it's like it's a stone. Yeah. <laughs> so that answers. Um, You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids, Bar Kids for Kids. My name is Gabriel Feinberg and I'm your host today. Now, let's ask some more questions. What is rock art in your, your explaining? Rock art is actually art that was done in southern Africa by the Seine, but rock art is also found in all around the world from different ancient groups or indigenous groups of uh, different landscapes around the world. In southern Africa, the most popular rock art is done by the Sen and the Quay. So when I, I went to when I went on holiday, I went to this place. It's it's basically a warm box, but the springs are natural from this river. And do you know what I'm talking about? It's a near Freyhate. Yes, I think so. So I mean, you'll you'll find rock art sites all around the world. There's there's about tens of thousands of rock art sites, and a lot of them you, you, people don't know about. Uh, some, sometimes we don't want too many people to know about it because so, then they might get damaged. Um, but we have the there, there's so many sites around the world now. I don't know specifically the one that that you're talking about, but um, you get you get painted rock art as well. So it was the ones that you saw painted? So basically, at the place I was, um, we went on a whole tour and we learned about the sand. But the sand left, and now you could go touch it, but it was high, very high, and and.
and what do you call not just that it looked like a bull or something and then you saw this thing like it was about to throw a spear and it did look like that now the thing that one that i'm wondering about is what did they use like it's staying there i mean the people from world war Two camped there and started shooting at that rock and the thing did not get mm-hmm. scratched erased it was like as if it was normal yeah I think we're very lucky in South Africa that we have so many rock art sites that have been preserved. And they're in really nice shelters, so the sun and the rain and everything doesn't affect them. But sometimes you'll get cattle and sheep going into shelters. And, like you said, people over so many years that go in, go in it and use it for shelter or for different reasons. But the paint itself is made out of the main thing that gives it its color. So the red or the yellow color is from uh, a natural pigment, so a stone that you can grind down to get a really nice color or a clay kind of stone um, but then it's mixed with things that and that's what's made it stick so maybe mixed with egg it was even mixed with animal blood to make to make the painting more more uh, potent or more powerful because the, the painting wasn't just made just as a painting it wasn't only for its for its beauty or for to show a, a, a scene like like you're saying like a hunting scene there was a lot more meaning behind it um, to do with the the mythology and the beliefs of the sun so when i was there the tour guide told me that they did that because they left the camp but if like other sand tribes came they draw the sun to show Come follow me this way if you want to join our tribe. Am I right, Ron? <laughs> or am I? Well, uh, the most popular, or rather, the scientific research that was done, it was historic recordings of the people that actually did, or rather medicine men from the sand societies that actually did the paintings and mm. actually explained to the writers at the time, the most popular uh, sen that was ever recorded as a medicine man, his name is Kabo, and he was recorded around 300 years ago in the Cape. And uh, Willem Blake and Lucy Lloyd are some of the recorders of what actually the meaning of those paintings were all about. And it was then discovered that actually a lot of the meanings around the paintings are more to do with what the spirit world is all about. Okay, so what's your favorite uh, uh, um, rock art? English. <laughs> oh, there, there's there's so many beautiful rock art styles, but I think I mean the the the, the typical San Bushman rock art is is beautiful. It's it's painted with paintbrushes. It's it takes a huge amount of skill, and and you see just beautiful detail. The the their paintings of animals and people are just just really beautiful. And you, Brian? Well, there's uh, there's quite a lot <laughs> of uh, uh, art in the museum that I love a lot. And of course, the Eland is the one of the very interesting uh, painting that I love, especially when you see it in a lot of. Uh, the reason why I love it a lot is because I recently discovered that actually there's a song from the northern province that the people sing a lot, and they didn't know actually it was talking about the Eland, and I didn't know as well until I listened to the lyrics of the song, and only to discover that actually the Eland, which is very symbolic to a lot of the sand paintings, is very very interesting. And it's my favorite art, yes. Wow. Art piece, yes. Wow. To know that they could write songs at that age, paintings, make, make brushes, like how would they do that? A bone mm. and gr- grass or what? It's like, 
they're skilled in so many ways, just in, in terms of what, what animals they could, could catch as well, being able to make really, really good bows and arrows and use poison to be able to, to hunt the large animals. Um, and, and the, the amount of art and, and do, to be, to, to be able to know how to make these things, to be able to know which, even which plants to get. They often lived in quite dry environments and to be able to know that if you dig down, you can get a tuber that's full of water and full of, of nutrients. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of skill. And I think now we, we're very removed from our landscape. We just go to the shop and buy everything. Yeah. Uh, but in the past, people needed to, to know all the plants and animals around them and learn to, to work with, with that. Yeah, because if, if not, they're not going to survive and they would mm. not have these artifacts. Basically, the museum would not have one of the pieces to the puzzle. Exactly. And I think there's still a lot that we can learn from, from how people lived in the past and, and what they, they knew in the past. I think we should learn more. So in history, where would you go back? Would you go back to see somebody, learn something? What, where would it be and why? <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a hard that one. Is. I think for me, my, most of my research has been in a period called the Middle Stone Age. So that's about, say, a hundred thousand years ago, and that's when you're first finding the first engravings ever in the world. Uh, you're finding really nice stone tools that were probably put on to uh, onto handles as a spear or a, an arrow, and. I, I would, I think there's so many things we don't know because there's so many things that haven't been preserved. So we, we can look at all these, these objects and go, oh, I think this is what they were doing or how they were living, but we never actually know. So I'd love to go back in the past and see what life was like then. And you? Yes, uh, actually I'm, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by your, your question. And, uh, it's because the, to me, the origin center actually is a time machine. <laughs> oh yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I mean, it's got stuff from, <laughs> 2.6 million. <laughs> Too many zeros. Yes, so when coming to the origins and learning, seeing the plants, I mean, species of plants, like for instance, our national tree, we have uh, the real yellowwood tree, as one, and I do explain when taking people around that uh, the family of that tree is over a hundred million years. I mean, you know, seeing uh, uh, a descendant of a plant that is over a hundred million years, that is prehistoric. I mean, what else is fascinating if not seeing time with your own eyes grow in front of you? But those are some of the fascinating things about actually going back in time. Yeah. But now living with it just in in one of the uh, uh, gardens of the origin center. Wow. And that's what's fascinating to me. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I just ran out of questions and just like, answered oh, my whole thing. No, but I, I just would like to also wish Yehuda Smith a happy first birthday. This is all I have for you today. We're done. This is Ha Kids for Kids Bar Kids. See you next week.